Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm very glad you're with us today. My friends, on occasion, listeners have asked me why, if if people whose bodies have died really are still alive and are right here where we are, then why is it so hard for us to talk with them, for heaven's sake, and hear them? And believe it or not, there's a good answer to that question. Think about television. Right now, in the room around you, there are hundreds of television channels, and There's your Channel 5 newsman live on TV right now in the room and your Channel 4 newsman live on TV right now, right? And they're at almost exactly the same vibration, the two of them. But even being this close isn't close enough. They can't talk to one another without electronics, can they? And the same thing is true of you and your loved one. You and they are at almost the same vibration, but almost isn't quite close enough. To be perfectly frank, we expect too much. We assume that just because we want it to be easy to communicate with our dead loved ones, it had better be easy. And if it isn't easy, then we find it so hard to believe that they are still alive. And meanwhile, the veil that separates their vibration from ours, their channel, if you will, is getting thinner and thinner and thinner, and that is by design. It's been going on now for about the past hundred years. And meanwhile, while that thinning is going on, experts have been working with electronic communication for the past 60 odd years or so with, with a few living lab assistants, and we've had them on with us, Sonia Rinaldi and Annabella Cardoso too, who will be back with us in a few weeks incidentally. They're working to develop actual electronic communication with your dead Aunt Mildred. But that's proving, as we've seen, to be a very tough slog. And until they get it working very well, our most available means of communication with our own dear beloved family and friends who have left their bodies but still are very much alive still is mental mediumship. And as I know and... You know, I am the world's worst offender in that area. I have a terrible record with mental mediums because, frankly, I don't believe in it, even though I know it works, to the point where I am embarrassed even to consult them at this point. I mean, these people are mind reading with dead people. How come that possibly works? I know it works, but I just don't believe in it. It's terrible. I'm embarrassed to say it. And our guest today is yet another wonderful, true mental medium. Our guest today, his name is Tom Flynn, and he's a dear, dear, wonderful man. And I am going to speak with him and tell him very frankly, that I know, I know from our mutual friend, and I know from his story that he's genuine. And he and I are going to talk very frankly about his talents. He's going to tell me about his history. And I'm going to ask him to tell me his story, but I don't know if he's able to do it in my presence because I am a skeptic. Tom Flynn is a wonderful man who has been giving evidence of survival and providing healing 
all around the world. He's also a healer, by the way. He's the youngest of a family of seven. His Irish Catholic parents transitioned when he was young, so they've been able to help him and support him from the world of spirit. Tom has traveled the world demonstrating his clairvoyant and clairaudient mediumship and providing healing help. He's served his spirit in Australia. I've seen a picture of him in Sydney. He's an adorable man. And he's also worked in Canada, Belgium, Spain, Malaysia, and Costa Rica, and in the United States. For the past 16 years, he's been a regular demonstrator at San Francisco's Golden Gate Spiritualist Church. And as we know, of course, that's in California. Now he lives on the south coast of England, from which he speaks to us today. Tom, welcome. It's so lovely to have you with us. Thank you. Um, each time I do this, it's a it's a completely different experience, to be honest. And uh, I I must say, I do love what you said about skeptic being skeptic, because there's nothing wrong with that. I go myself to watch other mediums. And so I'm skeptic. So I have to say, well, is this really happening? You know, um, <laughs> bless you, sir. You're a wonderful, wonderful person. Because Our friend Max what, told me you were. He said I was going to love you, and I think I do already. Thank you. Um, you know, I I didn't. I'm quite honest. I didn't know where my path were was going. You know, look, you can imagine that the Catholic parents. Yeah, okay. That's fantastic, but it don't make me what I am today. All they are there from from them realms is to maybe guide me and show me the way forward in my own life. That's what my plan was, you know, because uh, I, I don't mind saying this. I did struggle as a young man in school, maybe because of uh, the insecurity. And I, I went into a little shell, you know, this little boy five years old, you know, starting school and having no one there to go home and cuddle him. Maybe, just maybe. But uh, having uh, three brothers and three sisters, um, maybe it gave me that purpose in life of reaching out with them, you know, uh, of what I had to do. But um, as I grew, grew within, I knew what my, I certainly knew what my purpose was. Um, I want to say to you that my first very experience um, of the spirit world was as a young, a little boy. Um, would you like me to tell you? Of course. Right. I was, my mum, you know, love her, you know, now dwells in that world, uh, her world where she's moving forward. Uh, with love with her husband my father and uh, her, her, her siblings you know and so on and so on but this particular night you know I'm the baby of the family so being the baby of the family Thomas had to sort of cuddle up to mum you know because she wasn't very well now you can imagine this she knew what I was doing she knew I was trying to help in some way of a a, a a sadness that she had of losing my father, you know, um, which is very natural. So I was comforting her in some way, you know, to the best I could. And then suddenly, um, to my absolute surprise, to my amazement, in the distance, 
you've got to have a great imagination here because I see this being a little boy. They say that you don't tell lies and you tell the truth. Yes. Yes. Right. As a little child, you, you always say what you see. I'm cuddling up to my mum and into the distance and it got closer and closer and closer was this extremely powerful white light. And within this white light appeared my loving father. Oh, wow. And now remember, I'm only a small child. Now, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure people have listened to your show on many occasions and had many a stories, but this is a true, true story from a little boy's heart, which, which I was. And I found myself for, for, out, for no reason. I don't know how this was happening. You said um, mediumship from the mind. I, yeah. I, I'm getting very touched, if I'm quite honest about it, as I'm talking to you. I found myself talking to my loving father, who I love dearly, through my mind. Now, you're talking about a small child of five, six years old uh, doing such a thing. And I knew, I knew why he was here as a little boy, because my mum was very sick. And um, a while after that, my mum did pass into the spirit world. So he was coming to tell his little man that everything will be okay. I will be taking her home and others will look after you as such. Yeah. And so I left it at that. And I I went on my, my little journey, as one says, you know, through schools. I will say this very quickly. uh, From the age of five up to the age of 15, School wasn't for me. No. I think I blocked. I think I blocked it uh, when I left school. The age of that I couldn't read. I couldn't tell the time. I couldn't oh, spell. Uh, but the last year, this is this is the puzzling bit. You don't tell a boy uh, who, whose friends are going out into the world and know know what they want. And they've been telling their parents what they want and what they don't want and where they want to be when they leave school, college, university, uh, or start something in a little shop. You know, I, I really, yeah. I really didn't know. But I had this experience where the where the teacher said, would you stay on for an extra year? Now, I've been to school now for nine, ten years. Nothing. No help. I was a little boy in the classroom. When I mean scribbling, I mean making scribbling features on on the page. Yeah. Everything, everything that I'd done, even at the age of 15. And it took them all that time to tell me, would you love to stay on? Now, okay, fair play. They're trying to help me, but shouldn't have done that 10 years ago. Yes, maybe so. Yeah. And this is this is uh, this is by now the age of fifteen. You can imagine having having a big family of three brothers and three sisters. Now, sadly, we lost a sister two years ago. Uh, you know, our eldest sister, and we lost two brothers. But being being that little baby, um, is this the right is this the right words? 
being pushed to pillar to post uh, to yeah. be looked after in some way. Uh, you probably have heard of this before. Maybe not. Okay. But mm-hmm. um, I put this in my book, actually. I wrote a book through, you can imagine, through help. I never done any of the writing, but I put these words in, in this. And because of the help I had as a young boy, I just didn't know where my life was, was taking me. I really didn't. No. So I str- after school, I still struggled for some, for some amount of time uh, with this. Until I, and this is the truth now. It went into my teens. So I'm, I'm, you're going into 20, 21 and so on. Well, did and, you have uh, any sense of your parents around you all this time? Yes. Yes. I always knew. Let's call them my angels. I always knew my, even to today, my spirit helpers are my mum and dad. Yeah. So I call them my angels. People, when I'm working this day, see my parents with me on the platform. Other mediums have described my mum, that some people have described my dad, and so on and so on. But this purpose that I was looking for, I didn't really know. Now, (laughs) I'm laughing because I think it was funny. I walked along the road here. Um, you can imagine a busy eye road. And there was a shop. It had, by this time, I knew little words through memory. So remembering things, if that makes sense. Yeah. For, remembering but, I mean, what the word you, was. You really grew up wild. You didn't have any parenting, <laughs> even from your yeah, own sibling. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased to tell you that for some reason, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I yeah. didn't take drugs. I never stra- strayed in any way. Now you can find you can find that strange, but I never. I was just this little, maybe innocent little boy. But I see in this window vacancies. I walked in there, and it was a bakery, and they said, "Yes, we have a vacancy for a skilled baker. Are you a skilled baker?" I said. Yes. Of course. <laughs> I said, yes, I am that skilled baker. Is there a vacancy for that position? And the lady says, yes, when can you start? So, of course, this young man, a big smile on his face, thinking, <laughs> oh, th- this is where I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to be doing for all my life. You know, I'm going to be this baker, even though I'm still getting these strange wonderful vibrations of someone's with me watching over me and so on and so on. So I went into that bakery and I said to the, the, the other, the other guy that worked there, could you show me um, how to do this? <laughs> I said, I'm a bit rusty, you know, I said, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you've sure. got, you've, you've got to show me uh, how you work. What I was really trying to do was because I couldn't really read the yeast and I couldn't read what the, 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 the things to put in to add to make a loaf of bread. <laughs> and so I was watching what onesie was putting in into the bowl, into the big bowl to make the bread. 
I've got a laugh because it's yes. <laughs> so once, and because of the sharpness of a young boy not able to read and write and things like that, it's all by memory, you know. With that, you know, it's all I have to be remember little words, so and little things. And so yeah. once he showed me that once. You know, Mr. Tom, he, he, he knew he knew how to make a loaf of bread in my mind, you know, and then so on. Uh, I went on to be a baker, you know, for for many years. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but, but I was still with family. I was still going living with one sister to a brother and so on and so on, if that makes sense to you. Right. Yeah. Until one day. Let's let's go on to now. I'm still getting all these visions. I'm still seeing these things. I see white lights flying around the room. Um, my my room is completely lighting up to brilliant white for some reason. Laying in bed, you know, as a young boy, and uh, wondering what they are. So by now, I'm not taking notice of them. You know, I'm just letting them go over my head. You know, and still feeling the presence of someone there. Okay. Um, like but someone did, would say, is, ever, is there? Were you getting messages from people? I was. I really, I really was. And this is where this is where the biting point comes here. Is is the fact uh, I got a phone call from uh, my mum's sister. Uh, her name's Mary. Her name is uh, what she's in the spirit world as well now, and I'm sure she watches over me, me now, and and probably sort of really happy for me. Mm. And she said, would you please come round to my home? I think it was a Wednesday night, something like that. I said, certainly, Aunt Mary. So I went round there in my scruffy jeans, T-shirt. You can imagine imagine where I was dressed there. I didn't know how to dress. I didn't know what she wanted there. And I went there and there was people sitting in a front room. There was about seven to eight people sitting around in a circle. Um, she had a developing circle. Oh, my. So, these people have been sitting in this circle for many years. There's a lady told me she sat there for 10 years and another one for, for five years and another one for six months, you know, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so my, my mum's sister, lover, she said, Thomas, it's your turn. Now, can you imagine? I said, Thomas, what have I got to do, Aunt Mary? She said, just open your mouth, she said. What a thing to say. What a thing to say. And from and from all all this all this time of you know meeting my father when he passed from meeting my dad until experiencing different things. I even from from a little boy, I had uh, visions of my city opening up, and I used to see pictures on the wall. You know things like this. And so suddenly I sat there, and suddenly all this all started coming back into my mind. All these pictures and all these visions. Oh, and she said, you start now. And then there was about seven people in the circle. And all those seven people got something from me that night. Oh, all my seven. goodness. Uh, and afterwards, they were saying to me, how long you been doing this for? Uh, <laughs> I said, tonight. <laughs> yeah, just tonight. Oh, said, so it's, it's in your family, obviously. Yeah. And my, my dad, God bless him. He, he he had the gift of healing. That's why, um, maybe. Well, I, I, I don't believe that he comes from parents, you know. But um, he was a healer, and he helped. 
He didn't help public. He helped family. I had a sister called Phyllis who was very sick. She had what they call a twisted stomach. Have you heard of that? Where, where uh, mm-hmm. she was very unwell. And, she, and my dad put his hand, was told to put his hands on his daughter and to have faith and to help. And she come back to us. She really come back to us. And oh. it's funny, I only spoke to her about uh, two hours ago on the phone asking me to meet her tomorrow, you know, to go and have a nice sandwich and something to eat, whatever, and a cup of tea, you know. And uh, after that day of walking, she, she, I left the house and she said, now get on with it. I said, get on with what? You can imagine. <laughs> so there's me. Ch- now, I've got to tell you, chasing, playing football, chasing after women, you know, what does a young boy do at that age? Oh, right. in, 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 you know, in their mid, mid-20s, you know? Uh, so from uh, doing all these things, suddenly in my mind, I felt I had a purpose. She was leading me in the right, my auntie was leading me, you know, in that right direction. Yes. I mean, with me, you need all night, don't you? God. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and I had a purpose in life, you know. She was trying to tell me that you have a gift. You you have, you know, and um, I got very emotional. You can imagine I got very emotional. You know, this young, not tough guy, but, you know, boy, you know, I'm a man. I don't cry, you know. Um, suddenly this, this, this man that was in her house was having a few tears, you know, and she had to give me a little hug, you know, because I, I wondered what was happening to me, as you can, you know, you can imagine it yeah, was that's, uh, some, that's really big. It was something different. And uh, so that's when she said, get on with it. And now I'm a great lover of soccer. It's soccer. I will say soccer because you call football is the rugby right. game, isn't it? The, uh, the uh, padded people, isn't it? The, the, the football. But we call right. it soccer in the UK. And uh, for some reason, my team was losing. Right. I know it sounds it sounds like a story, but it's a true, true story. And I was so fed up. I went outside because I, I, I didn't want to see them letting any more uh, goals or I didn't want them to lose, you know. And so I went outside and I walked a couple of blocks down the road and, and I see see this sign saying spiritualist church. I'll give this a try, I thought, you know. I really yeah. did. I, I walked into the church. Yeah. Cut a long story short, there was a lovely man up there giving a, a lovely talk. Uh, he was giving a, um, he was giving prayers. He was giving uh, messages, things like this. Until, until three weeks later, something like that, I knew I had to return back to that church. And it was an afternoon service, I've got to say. Uh, a Monday afternoon, I, I can see it as clear as daylight. I really can. All right. And I went back to that, that, that church and the chairperson that chairs the medium on, on the day was panicking. You can imagine, you know what I'm going to say next. And yes, it's really, it really, it really is a true story. What I'm telling you. Yep. And she stood up and said, is there any, mediums uh in the room today in the church yeah silly silly me because my aunt because my auntie because my aunt because you know you're talking about going back just imagine um imagine what i was seeing as a young boy 
So because my mum's my mum's sister, Aunt Mary, said, you know, you know, you can do this, you get on with it now. I stood up and put my hand up. Oh, would you do it, please? Would you take the service? I said, of course. Will you so just take I'm, the service? So I stood up. <laughs> I got up on the service and she said, uh, what's your name? I said, my name's Tom. I, she didn't ask for my last name, so I just said Tom. And um, so she said, would you do uh, – I'm laughing already, look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you do a prayer, Tom? I said, oh, no, I can't do that. So we left that. And she said, well, can you do a small talk in some way? I said, no. And, well, can you do the messages? I said, I can do that. Now, because I gave messages in the church, there I am thinking I can, you know, can stand up there and and give messages. And to my surprise, there I am giving messages to people in, in that church that afternoon. And uh, from that day, it started on a level of a church local area, another church in another area, until it got bigger, until people got to know me. And they started asking me in the UK until I traveled, you know, all over the UK. And uh, it went on from there. Um, People uh, should just know that um, in the UK, spiritualist churches are very common. And it's it's really a very prominent spiritual movement. Uh, in the UK. Um, I've been to a number of churches, not there, but in the United States. And spiritual spiritualism is, a, is very prominent in, in parts of the United States as well, but not nearly the way it is in, uh, in, in, in the British Isles. It's quite, quite, quite uh, prominent there. But, but isn't, wait, what's funny is you can see, see your parents moving behind the scenes, you know, pushing me in, push in the back. It. Pushing me in the back, probably. They were probably pushing me, you know, to <laughs> they do were. this. You know? they were. Exactly. Uh, you can uh, watch them. You know, are, just just the, the pair of them. They're so proud. It's sort of like you know, their their child their child um, is is oh. is getting more and more um, uh, sort of confident about what he can do. It's sort of like yeah. and, and his and his piano recitals more more into more and more put they're they're pushing him forward and proud as they can be. It's really funny. You can just see them. I I can just see the pair I, of them. I, I can goodness. see him I can see him in my man's eye now, you know, laughing yes. at both of us, <laughs> you know, both of us talking. And yes. uh like I said, I found myself as 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 we spoke that I found myself traveling all over the UK and into uh, Scotland and into Wales. And you can imagine uh, uh, the the Republic of Ireland. I've been going (laughs) to the Republic of Ireland for the last five years, but because of what's been happening elsewise for us all, uh, it hasn't, uh, I was unable to go there, you know, um, but uh, I got how I got to my traveling. So there I am traveling the UK. So now I'm into my early 30s, mid 30s, say. So I've traveled at the UK with my work and I still do uh, work in the UK, of course, you know, to spiritualist churches and so on. And then um, I got a phone call from this lady. She was a country and Western singer from Ireland. And she said to me, would you like to come and uh, come and do some work for us over here. And she got me this radio station, and I spoke on the radio like I am now. 
very nervous. Like I believe it or not, I'm very nervous talking here tonight. And um, there, 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 she got me this door, this little door, this lady, you know, and she put me up. And uh, from that day onwards, I didn't look back at in Ireland because I loved it there. You know, look at my name, Tom Flynn. But I do, I do believe that my somewhere in my dad's family there was a Irish in his family, even though his father took him to Wales as a little boy. You know, um, so where, it's all where confusing. Get, where did you get involved in healing? Because that's also something you do, oh, right? Well, and who is yeah. Dr. Eisenberg? Who, oh well, I I was working what they call a spirit a spirit artist, what they, where uh, they, they draw and I do the messages. And okay. this is how that happened. And um, he, he gave them the guide to me, but I've also, since then, I've got another picture of him with another artist, you know, I wish I could send these things to you because you'd love it. Cause two other people done exactly the same portrait, similar to that, to this man. And um, because of my difficulties, even to today, this has always been my, my worries. But when I travel and when I go here, when I go there, I'll just copy from papers. Yeah, that's what I do. Copy. Just copy off a paper and hopefully that it's all, all correct. Anyway, and how I come across the, the, the healing was one day I was it, it's, it's strange because um, I was in the spiritualist church. So uh, I was with this artist. Uh, his name was Tony. And uh, so he was doing the portraits. I was linking into his portrait to who the, lo who the loved one belonged to. Then suddenly out the blue, um, it's all progress. Look, from a, from a young child up to my teens, sorry, to, to do it starting in my 20s into my mid-30s. I started doing this. I said, I want to come to you. Just imagine it's a man. I said, you have a problem to your back? Um, yes. Uh, I'll come back to you in five minutes and let me just tell me how, how you feel afterwards. So there I am. I'm carrying on now, doing the message, linking in with the portrait all at once, you know, and still sending my, my spirit angel guide, Dr. Eisenberg, to this person. But my dad as well. I believe my dad works with me on the love vibration for healing. I've come back to that person five minutes later and asked them how they feel. And they're telling me, oh, my pain is eased off. My pain is eased off and out. I have got articles in, in newspapers with my uh, work, with my spiritual work and, and with the healing. Uh, and that's, that's how I started the healing. And then it continued. And I was, I was, discovered as the healing medium, medium healing. So when I was going to the church, I was doing two things in one night. I was sending out healing to the audience and also doing messages. Well, so how does the healing work? Do you, do you lay hands on people or do you? Uh, I do. I do. I've, uh, I've got to say there was a time when I was in, I'll give you a couple of stories. Okay. Um, I was in Ireland and, um, these people, um, I was talking about my healing, and um, these people called in and asked me if I would come down to the hospital in Cork City, which was about 50 miles away from where I was, 
to come and see their daughter. The radio DJ, I said, of course I would. The radio DJ who was interviewing me that day drove me all the way to Cork City in his own time after, after, after his show had finished to take me to the hospital to see his daughter. What happened, what happened with their daughter? She, she had fell off her pony, her horse. They call it pony there. And she had a brain hemorrhage. Oh, no. And the doctors and everything, I walk in, they wonder what, who I am. I, I, they, I, they've got to let me in because I'm with the, with the you know, the, the young lady's parents. And um, they're looking at me like uh, we can't do much for the daughter anymore. Now, this is a true, true story. Oh, no. I oh. put my hands around. I didn't touch her. I put my hands around the head. And I said to the, I said to the um, people, give it four days, four days, and see how it goes. They, they didn't have much hope for her to survive. Oh, Lord. Like I'm, I'm pausing and I'm and I'm gasping here because I got a phone call from these people saying, "Would you come to our home?" They gave me the address, so on. I went there. What it was, the young lady wanted to see me, and she wanted me to give her another healing. She had come back home to him. She survived. She survived. Oh. Truthfully, this is a true story. I wouldn't oh lie. This is a true, true story. And I had a lady down in the children's ward. Would you put your hand on my son's leg and uh, whatever it was? And he walked out the hospital next morning, you know, and the healing started getting more stronger. Not me. It's with my, you know, my angels using me as an instrument, uh, my dad, so on. So who's Dr. Eisenberg? Because I have that name. Who is it? It's, it's, uh, my friend was telling me he was a surgeon in America, in New York, uh, who works with me. But I have other people as well. I don't just have the one. Oh, so there are people in spirit yeah. who work through you. Yes. And so like, there's oh, other ones amazing. as well. But this young lady, she, she couldn't believe what, you know, this family. And after I, after I went to see them, they must have been so frightened. I don't know, but they never contacted me again. You know, okay. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't be I frightened. Know. I'd be like, oh my goodness, how many more people can we cure? That's amazing. I mean, there, there was a man in in America, in um, Sacramento, in California, who was going to have an operation to pay a lot of money out for his back, and uh, I put my hands on his back. And uh, he was able not to have the operation. And he must have thought, thank God for that, you know, and I thank spirit. And there was this other young man in Ireland. He had sports injuries. He used to do all the marathons all over the world, you know. He was one of these guys. And uh, he said to me, what do you charge? I said, I don't charge. If you want to give me a donation, I'm happy with that, you know. And uh, I put my hand... Does it does it always work, Tom? When you well, when you, when I, I, will, in? I will come to I will really come to that after I tell you this one more story, okay. and then I put my hands on his back, and he and he sort of found himself moving, you know, moving a bit much better, you know, 
And yeah. uh, two, two, uh, two, I think it was about, to, I suppose he was seeing how he backfill. Two weeks later, um, he come back. He said, please, can I have, um, can I have another session with you? I said, certainly. So he didn't really need to see me, I don't think. But I, I put my hands on his back. And he, uh, he, he said to me that I'm all right now. And he gave me my my donation, which is a little bit more, you know. <laughs> so, so oh my uh, goodness. Um, I could tell you lots of stories, slip disc, curvature of the spine, uh, where people have had spine problems and the spine going back and, and different things. Uh, very good with bones, yeah? Very good with the bone, with the body. And, uh, oh, it's, it's, it's very emotional. There was this other one more. There was another man. He had cancer and he couldn't eat. And this family, this Irish family, asked me round to their house. And every time he see me, uh, his his eyes lit up because all I was doing was putting my hand on his chest area, and he was able to eat. He was able to eat. There you go. And uh, but eventually he was he was dying. The man was dying. Bless him. But. For that little while longer, he was able to eat. And uh, there's another lady. We're, we're talking about another country in uh, Canada, in Vancouver. No, uh, Calgary. Calgary. You have heard of that. Of course. Calgary in, in Vancouver. And I went there and I stayed there and I was sending distant healing to this lady. She said, would you come over? And I went over to, they paid for my flight. These people, you know, she paid for my flight. I went over there and she said, the healing you're giving me today, I feel exactly the same to when you were sending it to me on an absent vibration. My goodness. Lovely lady. I think I still got picture, you know, photographs for the family and that and things like that. And they give me the, 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 the big flag of um, the Canadian flag, the big yeah, leaf. Beautiful. Right. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And uh, I really, I truly love that. And, but it helps. Healing helps. And it can take things away. And uh, this is where it comes. I feel some people it can help and some people it can't. Well, it looks like it's an orthopedic kind of help more than, more than an organic kind of I, help. I, I wasn't sort of like moving my hands and make, you know, doing that. I was just putting my hand where the condition was, basically. Right. Yeah. And there was up, you know, there's been a, children. That's astonishing. I mean, a little girl with, with a brain uh, hemorrhage. Yeah. Was, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And well, she, she, she survived. Yeah. And, the, wow, you know, there was some, what, so what we amazing, call, Tom. what we call in England is travelers. There was this traveler family contacted me in Ireland as well and had the same similar experience but something else you know so on and so on so with the heat i love the i think i think spirit is healing it is it truly is the spiritual work is the healing healing of the yes. body the mind and the spirit as you know you know yes. and and if i don't feel if if you're if you're doing in in the right way and you're you're you know you're doing it with a purpose and i can't see uh uh, yeah heart is pure and i believe that it's it's the right thing to do it really is me and you could sit here and talk for hours did you know that? <laughs> isn't it fun because oh, i'm only giving i'm only i'm only giving you little bits you know um what do i say um <laughs> oh my dear well we're coming <laughs> out of the end of our time <laughs> 
What, what do you want people to take from our conversation today? Love. The love of, the love of knowing that, that there is a lot of help out there if they want it. There's good people out there that can help you in some way with peace and hope that, yes, we are there to help you. And I shouldn't be such a skeptic, right, Tom? No. My, I, I, yeah, just, just one little thing. I've done this charity thing in Ireland, in Dublin. You've heard of Dublin, haven't you? Of course. Right. I went to this, uh, there was this lady contacted me. Would I do an evening of clairvoyance in a hall in Dublin for children with cancer? cancer? And there was 500 people, over 500 people. And uh, I said to the people, who does not believe in me? They all put their hand up, of course, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, who believes in me? No one put their hand up, maybe one or two, oh, you know. Um, but I got this actor, this Irish actor involved. And because uh, I think it, there was quite a bit of money raised, as you can imagine, you know, for this, this um, for this. And he said, look, I can come there and I can help you, you know, because he was an Irish actor. Um, he, I, I, I wished I knew his name. And he said, I can come there and, and give the, uh, the check with you. I said, OK. He stayed for the two hours. He sat on the platform with me uh, while I was doing a demonstration. Afterwards, he said to me, can I take you for a drink? I don't drink. I said, but yes, you can take of me for a drink. Of course you can. <laughs> right. He gave me his personal telephone number. He said, when you're, when you're in Ireland again, contact me. But I never, I never. But he gave me all that. He stayed. He was only staying for five minutes, end up staying. And I was end up with him for four hours. There you go. That's lovely. Isn't it good? <laughs> you're right. There are a great many very good people in the world. And they're an example, really, to us all. And I think that's a wonderful way to sort of leave it. Well, I mean, we can, each of us can be an example of goodness and kindness to the world. And I, I think it's wonderful that we meet people like that. Well, thank you, Tom. It's been wonderful to meet you. And everything Max said about you was true and well, well, like I said, we need five shows, not one show. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're uh, going to have a lot of fun with this. But and, uh, and, we've won... With an ordinary, I call myself, that's all I am. Uh, an ordinary person lives in a little one bedroom flat. That's all who wants to reach out and help people. That's it. Well, I, I'm fascinated with what you're able to do. I, I we're, we're starting a, a, a program, which um, we're, we're basically going to try to enlighten the entire world about the fact that there is no death. I mean, that's something which is going to transform the world if we can do it. And uh Truth, love, and joy starts with each of us. And so if we can, if we can teach the world that there is no death, that's going to transform the world. And that's what you're doing. And if each of us can be that spark of light, we can make the world a better place for all of us. And that's what we'll do. So big hug, my dear, across the pond. Thank you. And I hope you've, 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 un well, you have understood what I've said. And um, we have a lot of love, a lot of emotion. A lot to go with it, and uh, I still, I still only know a very little, you know. So even though I've been doing this now for the last nearly forty years, I still only know little. I only know little. I am still learning. Each and every one of us are learning about life. It's if you're a pop singer, you're a good writer, so on and so on. Use the gift that you have. That's what I want to say as well. 
Yes, um, there were, I had wonderful neighbors when I was a small child and they had a sign on their wall, which I never forgot. And the sign was, uh, bloom where you are planted, which is what you, each of us is doing now. Yeah. So everyone, we again, we've come to the end of our time. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you were with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you fully grasp all the implications of that fact, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest again will be our wonderful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, who will be with us for the 34th time because Craig and I are deep in working now with a wonderful team of experts to create, at last, Seek Reality Online. It's astonishing. We have so many friends now who know the glorious fact that human life is eternal. And the transition that we think of as death is amazingly easy. But the most important thing about it is that it's not death at all. It's actually a birth back to eternal life, the life we were living before we were born here and the life that we will be thrilled to regain again. But most people are so afraid of it. Oh my God, for most people, death is an enemy and it shouldn't be. Now it's our task, Craig's and mine and yours and everyone's to at last help every person on earth to become so familiar with it that they come to see death as the beautiful next stage of the life that is, is eternal. The death rate from here is 100%, but oh, it's really a glorious rebirth. We come here just to grow spiritually for a little while, but this is not our real home. And there are not, these are not our real bodies. And that's, that's fortunate because they become old and decrepit jalopies rather quickly, don't they? The wonderful news is that what comes after these very temporary lives on earth is really pretty fantastic. And Craig and I are getting a website ready now where they're going to, we're going to be able to teach you the truth and show you the truth until you know the truth. For certain, we're going to be talking more about that next week. And this week, we've been talking with Tom Flynn, who is such a delightful man. He's a friend of a wonderful, but kind of crusty British friend of mine. And he's actually proudly crusty, I might add. Tom Flynn is a healer. He's a he's a medium, a mental medium. And he, he is someone who is working he's blooming truly blooming where he was planted just as we all should do and he is working to help as we all should be doing to help people understand that this life is brief it's very temporary and it is a gateway to a much much greater eternal life which we left for just a tiny tiny while and when we get back to it it's going to be more glorious even than we remember so everyone, let's help one another, as Tom said, let's help one another to remember what it was like and go home in joy, as he will be, as I will be very soon, as all of us will be. As you know, my nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon now, The Fun of Loving Jesus. 
embracing the Christianity that Jesus taught. For young children, there's the fun of meeting Jesus, and you can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon.com. The adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you want to talk about any of my books or anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com, and I answer every email. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available on webtalkradio.net, realrevolutionradio.com, and really anywhere that podcasts are, are heard. Or if you prefer, you can just take from iTunes.com for free. You can take the, the app and see that it's, it's a Seek Reality app. You can actually, I, I gather, begin to find it anywhere, and you will automatically get each new episode. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing, always, never forgetting, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you in particular are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.